Welcome to episode number 126 of the Jackson Hole Connection, recording here at International Headquarters for, that's right, the Jackson Hole Connection. This episode sponsor is Pru Real Estate. Should you have any questions about real estate in Jackson Hole, give Dan Vazoski or Greg Pru a call or visit prugh.com. That is pru.com to search current listings. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection, and I'm so happy you're tuning in today. I'm right here recording from the worldwide headquarters in my office in the basement in the little town of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. My mission is to bring you a fascinating story of real people. Yep, the ones that you can poke, pinch, make laugh, real people connected in some way to Jackson Hole. This place I love to call home is full of inspiration, liveliness, excitement. It's full of layers of people, just like an onion. These people that I interview share their stories with you each and every week. The story sharing allows us all to learn about each other's lives so we can all live full lives. And before I get in today's episode, I wanna make a quick side note that I just finished one of the badass pastrami sandwiches at Jackson Hole Marketplace. I couldn't even make it out of the parking lot before the smell of that delightfully warm pastrami on freshly baked 460 bread was in my mouth. Yum. So, all right, go get a pastrami sandwich at Jackson Hole Marketplace. So getting into it, today I have a dynamic duo for guests. Chaz Marsh and Travis Goodman, the co-creators and partners of Jackson Hole Steelworks. Now seven years into operations, these two guys have demonstrated tenacity, focus, and commitment for their business and each other. Building a business from the ground up is a very demanding on each person involved and can also be very rewarding. Travis and Chaz share with us their path from developing the business concept to testing recipes, the fun part, and then finding the right label for their handcrafted products. A few traits I certainly learned from our conversation with Travis and Chaz is to keep the work fun. These two guys communicate with respect and transparency, and each of them is genuinely passionate about the care and the ingredients which goes into the products being handcrafted at their distillery. Travis and Chaz, welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection. Thank you for taking the time to sit down and talk to me today. Well, thank you so much for uh, inviting us on here. We uh, love your podcast and we're honored to be a part of it. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. I like starting off each show to where the guests can tell the listeners how people landed here in Jackson. What is your connection? So who wants to go first? I'll jump in first. Yeah, um, okay. I moved out here. I was working on the- This East is Chaz speaking. Chaz. Sorry, right, Chaz. Right, yeah. <laughs> Since you can't see us. Yes. <laughs> but I, I moved out here to basically get away from the East Coast. I was working a, a job out there and wasn't really happy. And I went to camp out here when I was a kid. And my dad and I fly fished and hunted out here a good bit. So- Moving out to Jackson for the typical one-year getaway, and here I am 20 years later. Um, was a fly fishing guide for nine years, freshwater, saltwater in the winter times, and yeah, it was just always part of where I wanted to be. And and Jackson, the hooks got deep, uh, got into me deep when I was a kid, and I thank my parents a lot for that. 
and uh, always wanted to live out here and um, been living a lot longer here than I expected to. So, <laughs> Fantastic. And what camp did you go to, Jess? A Teton Valley Ranch Camp. All right. And an Kelly, alumni. Actually. Yeah. Are you? You're an alumni too. I am not a Teton Valley Ranch Camp. I went oh, to a okay. camp in Mississippi. However, I've had several people, either they've been alumni of the camp or we've had the executive director of the camp as well and marketing director. So we've got some Teton Valley Ranch Camp folks here. Yeah. Uh, Will guests. Dorman was a counselor of mine and uh, Paul Wilson um, was a cabin mate of mine for cool. two years, actually which is really cool. So I get to see them around town a little bit too. That's awesome. Cool. And then Travis, what's your story? Uh, so when I was in school, I went to school at Syracuse University out in upstate New York. And while I was there, I was uh, running the Syracuse University Ski Club. And so since I was president of the club, I got to choose where we got to go. <laughs> uh, so you know, did a couple Western trips, but uh, came out to Jackson, uh, ironically, three out of the four times. Huh, I wondered why. Um, so upon graduation, um, I didn't move immediately out here. I moved to Boulder, Colorado for a little about a year and a half, but uh, kept driving up here and had some friends up here. And basically it was finally in 99. I was just like, man, I'll, I'll just move to Jackson for a winter. And if I miss Boulder, then I'll, I'll just go back down there. Well, it, I think it was like 15 years before I got back to Boulder. <laughs> so, so yeah, I moved here to be a ski bum in 99 and uh, was really good at it. I skied pretty much 120 days for many years. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was the, the skiing that drew me out here. And like we hear so much from so many people that have uh, moved out here for the skiing. It's like the winter drew, drew me out here, but the summer made me stay, you know, um, and really like all seasons you know it's everything special all year around here so but yeah that's pretty much the skiing dragged me out here it's not surprising to hear yeah. that yeah <laughs> and and how crafty of you to select jackson hole wyoming as the place to go with your ski club yeah it worked yeah. out pretty nice yeah <laughs> and did any of those other club members from syracuse make it out here too um not from my years, but ironically, the one of my good buddies was the ski club president prior to me arriving in Syracuse, and he kind of handed the reins over to me. And he is that's John Morgan. Uh, he lives here now and has lived here for quite quite a while. And for at that point, he was uh, had just taken a job as like sales manager for Jacksonville Mountain Resort. So. We had, uh, it was pretty easy to connect with him on trips and so on, <laughs> work out the details. So, but yeah, there's a fair, there's a fair number of Syracuse alum out here. And every once in a while, I see somebody come through from one of my clubs back in the day. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so after a few decades of you guys living here, you decided to start a business together, go into partnership. Yes. And tell us about the business that you started. Um, so I left Jackson to go to get my MBA in 2008. Um, I went to University of Denver's business school, Daniels. And then while I was there, I started brewing with a, a buddy of mine who works for the force, um, police force down in Lakeview. And he and I started brewing all the time. And I called Travis. I'm like, you got to get down here. Come on. We're just doing some homebrew stuff. So Travis came down a few times and, and uh, I just got hooked into it so much and working with grain and yeast and water that I started utilizing it in my classes for business school as case study elements. So stats or marketing or things like that. And by the time I got finished with school, I had inadvertently built a business model for a brewery. And 
then I started working for a company north of Denver for a little while, and I was in a desk job, and I felt like I was going to um, office space every day. Huh. And uh, I called Travis one day, and I said, man, we got to do this. I got to interject. It was so bad that <laughs> his office mate, like next to him in the cubicle, would be mad at Chaz for not recognizing that he had put up new figurines on their little division between them <laughs> and the cubicles. It's full on office space. Yes. <laughs> yes. The TPS reports and where the stapler was, all of that. So Lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I just come out of business school and this was a very pyramidical management style in that company. And it you know, it's very difficult to move up and it's very hard to, you know, really even move laterally. They kind of pigeonhole you. So I just left the building one day. I pretended like I had some, you know, stomach illness or something <laughs> and ran out the door. I'm like, Travis, we're doing it. We're starting the brewery. This is going to happen. And in that conversation and on my drive home, Travis said, well, you know, some friends of ours are starting Roadhouse. Melvin's going full force. And obviously we have Snake River and Grand Teton Brewing and it just seemed like a lot of, you know, competition. And he just kind of offhandedly mentioned, well, why not a distillery? And so we had the business model kind of built out. And, uh, and after the little pause, when you said that, we, we sort of shifted gears and started transitioning and increasing sort of the capital needed to do that. It's a little more expensive to do a distillery than a, a brewery pending. But uh, yeah, so we shifted gears and utilize the same model for the most part. Um, and if you're familiar with using grain, water, yeast, I mean, those are the fundamentals that trends, you know, they, they evolve into the alcohol and the base alcohol of what you're going to put into bottles. So that was kind of where it all started. Yeah. And here we are now, if, you know, <laughs> seven years in with the Jackson Hole still works, you yeah. know, <laughs> cranking out, cranking out some booze in beautiful Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So yeah, I know. Occasionally yeah. we pinch ourselves and we're like, man, that feels like forever ago, you know. That kind of does. We were first yeah. starting, so yeah. And and now, how many states are you guys represented in with your product? Well, we've we're, we're in uh, like eleven now, mm -hmm. so because we've got a pretty good rep representation on the East Coast through a distributor out there. So we're in kind of uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, New York. Uh, but then regionally, obviously, we're here in wonderful Wyoming, Colorado, Montana, Idaho, Dakotas, a little bit in kind of the Vegas area, Chicago. So, yeah, yeah it's kind of fun. And that's that's kind of where we're at right now with with our capacity, truly. Like, <laughs> we didn't I mean, really want to go yeah. to 11. I mean, we yeah, took it to I mean, 11. we did. We took it to 11. Uh, <laughs> but. But, uh, you know, where we are right now, we're like, okay, we're starting to work on equipment expansion and trying to figure out how we can, you know, increase our production volume so that we can take on more accounts because we have people calling us, you know, regularly uh, saying, hey, are you available in Georgia? Are you available in you know, Nebraska and all this stuff? And, um, you know, because we get so many tourists here to this amazing valley and they all want to try all the cool things that they have that we have here to offer. And then they go home and they're like, well, I kind of want yeah. a cocktail that reminds me of Jackson Hole. So, you know? yeah. so yeah, hopefully the expansion will continue, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That'd be fabulous for you guys. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, and what did you guys learn along the way as what compared happened? to the, <laughs> the business, you know, Chaz comes out of business school with, with the business plan and then you transition it from brewery to distillery. All right, we're going to do this. 
how did that equate to what ended up getting implemented and where you are now? I'll, I'll start with a quote that we have yeah. around here that yeah. is, are we learning yet? Okay. And it is a daily routine. And, and Travis and I kind of in preparation for I this. guarantee something's going to happen today and we'll be like, oh my God. I'm I like, never knew oh, that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah. Well, I guess that fixes Are we learning it? yet? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, and Travis and I were talking in preparation for our podcast with you and, and it, you know, just dawned on us that so many people that are starting new businesses um, and sort of the daunting aspect of, of kind of taking the leap of faith and, and beginning and seeing that first uh, sale and, and, and kind of having that, you know, evolving aspect of the business just continue to grow. And every day that you're in that, it sometimes is overwhelming. Sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes it's a hell of a lot of fun. But if you really love what you do, and I think Travis and I very much do love what we do, we're very passionate about it. That's the key. And I think that through all of it, whether, you know, fit, hit, fit is hitting the shan or we are <laughs> having, you know, just a meltdown on some aspect of production, we just always kind of sit back in our chairs after all the stuff's cleaned up and say, you know, this is still great and we love what we do. And I think that resonates for any business to their consumers, to their customers. And that tells them that it brings them back. People want to be around that. And I think fun and joy and happiness and all those things are incredibly important. So yeah, we try and manage that pretty, pretty well. I hear from a lot of business people, partnerships are not a way to go. And, and I have a partner <laughs> in my businesses and, and I very much have been blessed and honored to have the partner that I have. For people that are looking at creating a business and weighing with the idea of, of having a partnership, what is important to have a successful partnership? Because Travis, take this one. Yeah. Be gentle. <laughs> I'm going to lay into you, Chaz. Yeah. That's a great question, Stefan. And it's something that, you know, comes up a lot in whenever we're uh, chatting with people about our business, uh, because people are like, how can you guys still stand each other? You guys spend 80 hours a week with each other, you know, and uh, it's, it comes down, number one, it comes down to communication, right? And just having, obviously, compatibility is, mm -hmm. is huge, but communication is paramount, right? I mean, we, we are so wide open with each other. We always know what's going on. Doesn't hurt that we have such a long history of friendship. I mean, we met in 2000. So we've been friends for 21 going on, 20, yeah. going on 21 years wow. now. We've been in both, been in each other's weddings uh, and seen each other grow up from you know, wacky, crazy party animal, ski bum, fish and bum people to like professionals, you know? <laughs> so, you know, as far as advice to people that are looking to uh, possibly, possibly enter into a, a partnership with people, I think having a true knowledge of that individual, you know, making sure that your focus on the business is similar um, and your desire and your drive, because you're going to work your ass off. And the last thing you want is one guy not really doing much and one guy doing everything. And we are like dead nuts, 50, 50% partners on not just financially, but definitely on the workload as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and we like each other and we continue yeah. to like each other even after yeah. seven years of this, you know, and it's because it, like Jazz says, you know, it's, it's not an easy road. Uh, and as you know, from your business, you know, it's, it's, there's always bumps in the road and that's where having a partner is awesome because you have the ability to not 
carry that entire load on your own shoulders. And I mean, I guess that comes with having an awesome partner, not just having a partner. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, thanks Chaz for being great. Well, thank you Chaz (laughs) for being awesome too. Yeah, it it is, uh, it's, it's a great thing that, you know, at the end of a crazy week or anything that we're doing, we turn around and we smile and give each other hugs and, and, uh, and high fives quite a bit. And, you know, I think that the growth of the business is also a big aspect of that. You know, if you're, a, if you're a partnership and the, and the business is failing or, or there's some issue, it might be another underlying issue, like Travis was saying, lack of communication, but yeah, we keep growing and we keep having fun with what we do. And, and we're just trying to put some smiles on people's faces with good cocktails and, I think that's the big driver for us. That's awesome. Now, with the world of working together and being partners and you're 50-50, do you each have an area that you specialize in that, you know, each person can do it, but there's just certain things that one person or the other person handles? Well, I would say if if devil's advocate can be one of those, um, (laughs) one of those, Items, I, I would say we both are very good at that. Travis is, uh, and I'll just compliment you here. Travis is um, a hustler. He, he works incredibly hard on task-oriented stuff and, and does deal a lot with our financial side. So we sort of divvied up a lot of those different components of the business in the early days, knowing full well that if we tried to do everything together, it would overwhelm us and, and we'd miss something. And usually the numbers are important to not miss. Um, on the creative side, I feel like that's kind of a, a part that I, I like to roll into the business and certainly um, managing sort of the foresight of production and, and where things are going and, and what our demands are going to be and how to manage growth, both from volume side, but also to product lines and things like that. So I think that's for the employee side and, and us managing the staff, I think it's very much a shared thing. And there's an incredible amount of respect that we have for our team, who are phenomenal people, by the way. And and they are the backbone of of what we do. And then building relationships with any of our retail, on-prem, restaurants, bars, all of those, the the relationship building side is very shared. Yeah, I mean, there's there's surprisingly little that isn't a combined effort. Uh, like Chaz mentioned, you know, a lot of the kind of product line stuff, uh, you know, uh, scheduling out, you know, uh, production, things like that is, you know, more so him and I'm more so the financial guy. But when it comes to growing the business and having those relationships, I mean, think about how much time we spend on the road in a typical year. Obviously, this COVID year has been a little bit different, but, you know, neither one of us wants to be on the road all the time. Yet at the same time, we really enjoy being on the road and meeting with people because that's how we've grown our business. So we make sure we can split that 50-50 because, you know, we have families. We want to be with, uh, you know, want to enjoy Jackson Hole for what Jackson Hole is too and be with our families. But we also want to be on the road. So we have a really interesting relationship in that aspect that we are able to share 50-50 the majority of the work. Yeah. Um, and be successful with it. So. And both of us are very good, I think, at seeing when the other is getting to that boiling point or just overworked and, and needs the break. You know, Travis will just look at me and be like, dude, get out of here. I got today. Just go home and, and hang out and go take a nap, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's also the same thing goes back to Travis. I'm like, man, don't even bother coming in today or, or whatever. I mean, that's rare. Um, mm-hmm. I will 
you know, asterisk there, but when it does happen, we, we, we see it in each other that we, we need that moment to just sort of clear our heads and I don't know, go chop firewood or something. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate you saying that because not just in business, but in personal life of any relationship that you have, it's important to be able to read who you're interacting with and to determine, Hey, does this person need a break? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, there's something going on there. And, and that's, um, and, and also the relationship that you two have that you can say something to each other. Um, mm-hmm. I highly heavily applaud that for, for you both, because people get into, they're afraid to get into a conversation that you need to get into, but you two would not be where you are and offering the accolades tour and appreciations for each other. If you haven't had those sticky conversations as well, which we won't get into those, no need to get into those, but 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 they're real. They happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, They do. And ripping the bandaid off on those is way better than letting fester and develop. And you just got to get through those hard ones. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're going to do a quick break to have a word from one of our sponsors, and then we'll be right back with you guys. When you are thinking about making a real estate decision, it's important to go with someone you can trust. Recently, I trusted Dan Bozoski at Pru Real Estate to personally handle a real estate transaction. The service and attention I received demonstrated I am important. Greg Pru started Pru Real Estate in 2002 with you the customer in mind. Give Greg or Dan a call at 307-733-9888 or visit pru.com to connect today. Let them know you heard about them from Stefan, the podcast guy. Welcome back, Travis and Chaz with uh, Jackson Hole Steelworks right here in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, just a little south of the heart of the town of Jackson Hole. And you guys have been in business for seven years now, have grown a fabulous distillery uh, and something that's recognizable in the community and and, in the state. I'd like to hear from you guys about your product. You make a few different products, but... It, let's start with the vodka. Vodka is not just vodka. Vodka is vodka. Yeah. But it, it like you said earlier, it, it's the ingredients. Yeah. And but what makes your vodka different? And then how did you guys determine that this is the recipe that we're going to go with? We we nailed it. Like how many times did you have to test something to figure out? Boom, we've got it now. That is a lot. Yeah, that is <laughs> such a great, great question and uh, kind of a bit of a story as well. Um, so we had a few cocktails in our younger years. No, 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 no way. No way. <laughs> Just a couple. Just a couple. You know, we're familiar with uh, all the alcohols and, you know, what tastes good. Our palates are, are very awesome. I mean, we had, uh, we're lucky to be able to be heavily involved in fine wine for a while, both with my Mine and more of a professional aspect, uh, working at uh, Jacksonville Wine Company and then been 22. And then Chaz uh, just was, he was just super into wine. And so we drank super high quality wine all the time. And then that, you know, obviously cures up your palate and, you know, that transfers to uh, spirits as well. So we were like, okay, we're going to start this distillery. We're going to, we have to start with vodka because we need something that, that we can produce relatively quickly to start gaining a revenue stream, right? Because we're self-funded. So we poured our life savings into this thing. We got to start seeing something coming back, you know, but we're like, 
vodka is so boring sometimes, you know, <laughs> it's, yes. you know, uh, and you know, there, there are, you know, these bulk monster, you're not going to throw anybody under the bus, but there's some bulk monster companies that just crank out vodka and make it, you know, tasteless, odorless, uh, basically Chaz coined the best description of bulk <laughs> vodka. His description of bulk vodka is rubbing alcohol with a hairspray finish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, well, we don't want to make that. So we, you know, we're like, okay, but we have this great, especially Chaz has this great brewing background. So we have this very deep knowledge of grain and yeast and how they interact. So we're like, okay, First of all, we want to use Wyoming grains. What Wyoming grains are out there? You know, obviously we've got our awesome barley, corn, wheat. We grow everything in the Bighorn Basin, basically. So we decided to settle, and we started, you know, working on some other, some cooks and things like that. And we kind of started gravitating toward corn. Gives you a little bit more sweetness, typically. There's good alcohol yield. And then we're like, man, but we want to put a twist on it somehow to give it, to soften up that heat that typically comes with, you know, a lot of the big box vodkas. We started to start messing with oats, uh, considering that, you know, in our brewing experience, if you think about like an oatmeal stout, right? And an oatmeal stout is very creamy and has a very soft texture to it. And we're like, man, I wonder if you distilled something with oats in it, if that softness would transfer over into the, the spirit base. So we started messing with it, you know, and using still mostly corn, but a little bit of oats. And we, I mean, how many, how many cooks? We, we, we did, did like 120 cooks or something like that. Yep. And we had probably 12 of them fail just because we were we were in a, in a uh, oh one of Charlie God. Sands buildings with about an R factor insulation factor of about five. Yeah. So, you know, you got to yeah. keep these things warm. And I think we had a couple fail. But yeah, do we, what Chaz is alluding to is we, we had a uh, little like a research facility that we were bonded at while we were building yes. the actual distillery. So we, that was where we did everything. But it was like a drafty, you know, midwinter <laughs> boat barn uh, that, you know, typically is like a summer, you know, compound uh, for all of his rafts and everything like that. But we went um, through, I think, like 26 different yeast strains. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So getting back to your original question, yeah. Stefan, it was like we tried tw 26 different yeast strains, 120 different cooks, a uh, handful of different, you know, grain bills as far as how much percentage of oats and corn and uh, basically... As it ended up, we found this, we found that two yeast strains were awesome. We couldn't decide between which one. And what we ended up doing was, I think it was Jazz was like, well, why don't we just pour them together? So we poured them together and tasted it. And we're like, that's the best. That's it's awesome. <laughs> so as far as I know, like we're, we might be the only distillery in the country that, uh, that distills their vodka with two separate yeast strains. I mean, that is definitely a weird thing to do, um, <laughs> but it gives us the results that we wanted, which is a crisp, clean finish, yet, you know, a flavorful, character-driven style of vodka. Uh, incredibly soft and, you know, has these kind of like aromas of light vanilla and like pear. Uh, yeah, really cool stuff. Like totally different totally different uh then and it's you're only going to get vodka like that from like these cool little craft distilleries that are popping up all over the country because they take the time to care and work out something unique and different and fun that took us seven and a half months mm -hmm. just to come up with our vodka yeah just the recipe because we also knew that was going to be the base for our gin and 
Stefan, stop us if we're over talking because I think this is transitioning into another product that we have, which is great, great gin. And when we were developing the vodka, we knew that that was going to end up being the base. And again, we were learning and going through more and more of the processes to come up with our botanicals, how we wanted to prepare the, the base spirit for receiving the botanicals. And, and that for us was, was another long 28 different <laughs> types of gin that we put yeah. together. Uh-huh. And in the end, we stopped ourselves and we're like, this is going too far. We got 17 botanicals in this one. We got 13 in this one. We got all these different things that are happening and we can't taste half the stuff we just put in this one. We're like, what are our favorites, right? Like bring it down and and narrow it down to our our eight or seven or eight favorite botanicals. And we ended up with six and we started, you know, playing with those and adjusting, you know, to the gram, the amounts that we were putting into any of these gin distillations. And it, it started to show itself and we really wanted to play somewhere between that London dry, the big juniper bomb and these sort of new American styles that can, you know, range anywhere from a heavy citrus to a cucumber to a, all these more, you know, softer, approachable kind of Americanized styles of gin. And we wanted to kind of cut it right through the middle. And so we got our, our citrus notes right where we wanted them the lavender that we use, those nice floral notes, and then just a hint of cinnamon on the back end that just kind of finishes with a nice crisp finish on the back of the palate and sort of high in the nose. And that for us was perfect. And then of course we had to try it in a gin and tonic (laughs) because we really wanted to make sure our gin and tonics tasted good. And and that's kind of where Great Grey was born from, which is, was really fun. And, And again, you know, that creativity, when you dive into a new product, for us, and I'll let you segue this into Absorca, but that that creative side, when you start to get those juices pumping again after having made, you know, batch after batch after batch of, of any of your product line to, you know, start something new is always a fun thing and kind of brings a little breath of fresh air in the in the building. Now you're dealing with natural ingredients, the grains, the oats, and then your botanicals. And and by the way, do the botanicals come from Wyoming as well? They do not. And the reason we don't is because we need consistency. Okay. So So we source them from one, um, one source. It's a co-op that does all organic. Mm -hmm. And and that was going to be my question with using a natural product. How do you ensure consistency? Because if those oats are just a little different one time, then your vodka is going to be different. That's that's a good point. You know, we we've been lucky that with our suppliers that these families that we get our uh, corn and oats from are amazing, amazing people and such hard workers, and they realize the quality of product that we need in order to keep consistency. And we've never had an issue with uh, with a batch variation that has been a result of our farmers. I mean, uh, they, they do such an incredible, incredible job. And every batch that we get in is exactly the same as the last batch we got in. And the other thing is too, I, I don't feel like the grains that we're using are as affected as something like grapes would be. Whereas you're getting as much of a difference in flavor results from a vintage Mm-hmm. it's more of a yield thing. So like if, if a farm yes. or a corn farmer has a difficult year, then the yield of his, 
crop is not going to be as uh, high in volume, but the quality is going to be the same. And the genetics. And the genetics. Right. Yeah, exactly. So the product is yeah. going to be the same. It might be a little bit more expensive for us, but the quality will always be the same. Whereas with, with grapes, that's, that's something that's just such, there's so much to go wrong with, with grapes that, uh, you know, your, your vintages do dramatically uh, affect uh, something more in the, in the wine field. So, But I still think there's some of this in, in our minds is a bit of that terroir of Wyoming. I mean, True. Yeah, it does sure. translate. And I, and I think that what our farmers grow for us very much impact the, the quality of the finished distilled spirit. Well, that's one thing that uh, we always say when we're doing tours, uh, haven't been doing tours for a year now because of COVID, but you know, we, a lot of, a lot of what we do is uh, have folks in here and, and uh, let them tour the distillery. But that's one thing that Jazz and I always like to talk to people about is like, we could take everything that we do here in Jackson Hole and do it in Iowa or, you know, West Virginia or something like that. Just, and by moving the location that would change our sources and our vodka would taste different, right? Mm -hmm. It's because we like, it is the location, it's the water. I mean, look outside, man. I mean, like the snow is going to melt and go into our bottles and create booze, you know, like that's, <laughs> like that's, that's about as good water as you can get in the entire country. So yeah, I mean, that's a little bit of a tangent, but yeah. <laughs> I, I'd love for you to talk about the bottles and and oh. your labels your back labels because you you guys have a, a very distinctive unique project that you uh collaborate with um so so tell us about Chaz. i think you're the you're the grand poopa on that one so do you want to take that one uh sure again i mean we we both worked very hard on trying to develop a label for our first product and man we went down some rabbit holes and did all sorts of fun concept stuff but we ended up kind of looking at a round bottle and saying, wouldn't it be cool to put some art behind that and see how it projects through the bottle? And so we started playing with it. And we didn't know many people at the time who, and now it's very relatively common, but I don't think we knew a whole lot of brands that were doing that. And so we started playing around with it. And then of course we started calling artists and we didn't have a product, so <laughs> we were working on that. It could have, you know, it could have come out terribly, and then of course that would not compliment the artist who was volunteering their work. So we had some doors, we say, lightly closed on that for a while. And I ran over to the art association and started talking to Allison Brush, who at the time was director of development. And she and I sat down on a chair and I said, I have Travis and I have this incredible concept. And we want to use a local artist, but we're really having a hard time finding someone who wants to volunteer their work for something that we don't even know if it's going to sell worth a darn. So she immediately was like, Katie Ann Fox, I'm calling her right now. I'm going to text her. You guys, and I think it was like an hour later, we were at Bin 22. Yeah. Katie Ann Fox comes bouncing in, like we call it with Tigger energy, and sat down and she was gung-ho she's like yes i want to do this i'm going to get to work and i think like a week later um she came back to us with our original first label and the idea behind all of this was to raise money for wyoming arts and and uh that started with the art association and we ended up raffling katie's piece off i think it made somewhere around twelve thousand dollars for the art association and the light bulb went off and we just said we need to do this annually and 
we broke the bad news to Katie Ann, but we, t- we promised her she'd be forever on a bottle. So she is great gray forever. And we have, we started that annual change of the bottles and, and it really kind of evolved naturally. And, and for us having something new and the back label is just bring something fresh to the shelves in your store and on the bars and people love to see it. Plus we get a lot of attention paid to the artists in Wyoming and, and, uh, Teton Valley, Idaho. And I think that's so important. And especially, you know, times like these and, and when you are, you know, cooped up in your house and, you know, you have a television and you can zone out on the boob tube all day, but the real things that you interact with are your art and your books. And, and those things are, you know, vital, I think, to, you know, just having some feng shui in your home and, and feeling um, happy about you know, what that means to you. And, and if you're an artist, you know for sure that it, it's a lot of mental health diving in and getting buried into a painting or looking at, you know, how, how you want to shape some clay into either a bowl or a, a sculpture. But that's where it went. And it's, it's uh, every year it has raised a, a pretty solid chunk of money for the artists in Wyoming and, and in our community. So, um, and when we say community, we mean the whole state usually, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it was really fun to kind of see it grow and and develop. So, well, again, one of those things that a small distiller such as you guys would do versus your big bulk institution (laughs) that is making, um, I got to read this. Um, it is um, rubbing alcohol with hairspray finish. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're not going to get that. And, and that's yeah. small town, small business and personal touch. And glad you guys do it. You're giving back and your art's important to you guys. And, um, and you can certainly see it. it. It makes for a beautiful backdrop. I know people can't see us, but behind you guys, you have... Uh, a history of the bottles lined up and yeah. great gray gin bottles as well. And wow, somebody had that for their home bar. It's, yeah. it's a talking piece right there. Yeah, we definitely have uh, no shortage of folks that have collected all the uh, labels that we've had over the past several years. And uh, they, you know, people get all fired up when they start showing up in stores. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a pretty cool thing that has evolved that we can't even really take credit for. I mean, it really just kind of, happened organically it's yeah. really interesting sometimes the best things that come to us are the things that happen just organically it's like yeah. boom how about this idea yeah let's do it and mm-hmm. you have a struggle and you bring somebody else into the conversations like Chaz did and you got to figure it out it was perfect yeah. way uh-huh. to go guys yeah <laughs> so if people want to reach out and connect with you guys how do they do that jhstillworks.com. You can always call us. It's typically us answering the phone or uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Also jhstillworks for those two. Um, we, we do a lot of Instagram stuff and, and we, uh, we say this a lot. We don't take ourselves too seriously and we try and have fun and keep, keep our social media and anything we do sort of resonating that. So yeah, just reach out anytime. I mean, and stop by the shop too. Yeah. You know, our, our doors are usually open on non COVIDs, but uh, COVID times, but yeah, I mean, even, even still like our, you know, kind of walk up windows open. So uh, definitely come by the distillery. If, uh, if you haven't had an opportunity to be here, uh, just drop on by. I mean, mm-hmm. like Jazz said, we're, we're always here. So yeah. 
and always happy to do tastings. It's, it's a little different, but we still make it a lot of fun for folks and, and give them a good education on the background of the business and talk a lot about, you know, how we've developed our products and things like that. So, well, I appreciate you guys' passion for what you do and thank you. Thank you. Uh, keep it going and um, keep growing that business and making an impact in, in this community and the other communities where, where you're, uh, where you have your products. Appreciate it. Well, you keep doing the same Stefan and thank you for reaching out to us. This has been a lot of fun for us and, and, uh, and what you do for the community and, and, you know, takes a village, right? So, right. um, and, and your podcast, uh, we've listened to maybe not all 127 of them, um, <laughs> but we've listened to a bunch of them and, and it just is so great to see you highlighting the great people in our community that, that do great things. So we appreciate this. Thank you. Now you guys can go on your phones and give it a rating. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Five stars. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Well, four and a half stars because Jazz was on this one. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's a partnership discussion you guys can have after this. I like it. Well, Chaz, Travis, I appreciate your time. Thanks. Thank you so much for what you're doing and keep on winning out there. Appreciate right. you. Thank All you right. so much. Take Steph. care, guys. Thank you, Stephanie. To learn more about Travis and Chaz and Jackson Hole Steelworks, visit the Jackson Hole Connection, episode number 126. I'm learning more about Instagram and Facebook and sharing every day. I really don't know a lot about, especially Instagram. But for you listeners who do, get out there and share this episode. Share, share, share. Share something nice and happy with us here at the Jackson Hole Connection via Instagram, Facebook. Share this episode. Many thanks to everybody who helps this episode go live each week. My editor and marketing director, Michael Morey. Of course, my wife, Laura, and my boys, Lewis and William. Appreciate you every day. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of The Jackson Hole Connection.